Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. And welcome into another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Happy almost holiday weekend out there as well, too. It is DJ joined, of course, by my co-host Kelsey as well, too. But it's not even the good part. I mean, we haven't got to that part yet. We also have another guest joining us today as well, too. For the first time ever on the High Low Sports Podcast, but not the first time ever working with us, we have what I'm going to call the return of the Zach. So we have Zach Kyleman from... Inside the Walls, the USFL podcast, Gridiron Gallery, just about every football-related podcast we have out there. Zach has been a part of it as well, too. So, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, what an honor, guys. It's good to have good to be on here. You know what was cool? I get to see an intro. I don't think I've ever caught your new intro um, that, that night. It's a really good graphics. Whoever did that for you, great stuff. But I'm glad to be on here. I we got, got a graphics busy. guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, you see, you got the graphics guy. Podcaster, podcast. We talk talking the same de- same deals here I'm glad, guys i'm glad to be on here with another thing it's been a while i miss, I miss our nfl show from you know just because it's the off season so it's great it's great i love it i love it I, i'm just glad my mom got your name right this time <laughs> she did she spelled it with the h thank you so much <laughs> all we needed was oh, a win my respect <laughs> she didn't call you what, what was it brad last time or james last time i don't forget what she called uh, last time. i might have been might have been brad i think that i think it was brad <laughs> Lord, what's man? But Zach, so you've been up since last time we talked to you. Since last time we were on, well, let's put it. Last time we were in studio together, not in location or anything like that. Last time we were on studio together, things have changed for you a a little bit, you know. Um, And I want to start this out. I want to first of all give you huge congratulations, you and Jim. If you guys don't know who Jim is, Jim Munier, you know, uh, a former. Head of Unhinged, he joined, and Zach, you know, we worked with Unhinged together for almost a year and a half, and then we moved over to Belly Up. You know, Jim and I and you, we helped create a whole lot and, and make that move happen. And right. it's been it's been wild, but then, uh, yeah, you guys have your NAL podcast, Inside the Walls, mm-hmm. and you guys recently just signed a huge deal with them. So, yeah. exclusive podcast of the NAL. How's that feel? Uh, dude, it's been a, it has been a journey. Um 
I mean, we we started out on a whim on a whim last summer. Just kind of we enjoyed arena, and you know, Jim has much. I'll admit he's he's even more in into it than I am, and I love I love arena football, but he's like even more diehard. I can guarantee. But just being able to be and it's funny, I see him. We're already interacting with us right now, but just being able to work alongside a league, like being able to say, like we get to interact with those people. Uh, they've been nothing but classy since we've talked with them, at least Commissioner Chris Siegfried and others like, you know, Rob Storm or, of course, Josh Blair out there for the executive boards or owners of such like. Um, it's been great. You know, I, it's a step that I was in the right direction, I think, for at least uh, doing stuff like this in my career. So um, or at least in what I think could be someday something like that. But yeah, um, just covering the sport I love too. You know, I love arena football. It gets under talked about it gets underrepresented um and it's one that i think people should be tuning back into absolutely and you know what i kind of alluded to the intro but i'm gonna bring back to it you are all over the place all these arena football the arena football leagues usfl every sort of football when do you sleep and if you don't how many red bulls do you consume in a day to keep going as well too because you are all over the place like everywhere i look it is that the sack Kyleman show and i love it but i don't understand how you're able to stay awake that many hours in the day I, I got to be honest, my, my, my cycles are in and out all the time with like, there, there'll be like maybe a month I'll do fine. And I'll get like, if I get seven, six hours of sleep, that's a good night. Um, five is kind of my minimum <laughs> for me. Um, and that's just because like it, can, everything changed has been, it's all over the place anymore. Like, cause like Gridiron Gallery is not as involved anymore. I'll be frank. I've, it, it's not for due of trying. It's just that, you know, with USFL, with the arena, it's more focusing what I do. So like I just spend a lot of hours where it's like the show and that's okay. Let's, let's make sure we follow up on news updates. If we have to catch up on games, we got to watch three hour plus games that maybe I missed because of family and other things got to juggle with that. Um, you know, it, that's the, that's the tricky part. Um, so I figure it out. I, I make it work enough, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, no disclosure. I do have a full-time job outside of the shows. So I do have to also maintain that mm-hmm. and be sure I'm on time for work getting my bills paid <laughs> but, uh, yeah um dj you're you're on the head i, I it's a challenge man yeah. it is a challenge but it's a fun challenge it's a passionate challenge you know the you, know, you know how he does it dj he 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 socks up on the dr squatch beard oils and the and the care and everything which i'm just gonna go ahead and say that this is our tip off by the way we forgot to intro it brought to you by dr squatch so zach hey, obviously your beard hey. oils uh, we we, we got We have to mention that you know we have to we have to throw throw the throw the shout out there to our our, our good friends over at Doctor Squatch. But Zach, no, I mean you're exactly right. Like sleep does not come for for the you know for the the hardworking and and uh, DJ. Did you have a follow up on that one? No, I was just to say that he's done a great job with it as well too. You can hardly tell and fantastic job. And we even see the comment fast passing five thousand downloads in under a year. That is absolutely incredible as well too. And that's just inside the Walls podcast, which is absolutely amazing as well too. So big congratulations to you all for that. And I'll tell you with that, what's really cool, again, with just the show, um, like being able to go, if you go to nationalreneague.com right now, our, our podcast has an ex- exclusive section on the main website. To me, that's insane to think about last year that I would even, we'd even have something like that. Um, like I said, they've been nothing but great to us so far. Um, they have big plans for us a- ahead. We've been rumored and given nuggets that I can't share because quite frankly, now that I have my name on a paper slip, they would boot me, boot <laughs> my ass instantly off. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's, there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline for them that they're looking forward to have with us. So I can't wait. 
we're having ourselves an unhinged reunion in the in the chat right now. I know. Steve dropping in as well. But no, the, look, it's, it's awesome to talk about the NAL. And obviously, we have had a couple guys on from the NAL. We had Speedy Clark, you know, uh, on, yeah. on talk with the Predators. And, oh, yeah. you know, he's having himself a pretty, pretty, well, pretty good season with that new Iron Man role. So, um, but yeah, no. So obviously, the NAL is a fantastic thing. But that's not what we're here to talk about because you do have another podcast. Sorry, Jim. I know you're in the comments right now and saying it's legal now. And as much as I want to celebrate your guys' deal with the NAL, I got to also celebrate this one because this one's been pretty fascinating. You guys are the most watched USFL stream during the draft. Yes. And that is something to be very, very proud of because that's not an easy thing to do. And what I'm talking about is you guys' the USFL, the USFL podcast that you do with uh, Stefan or Steve. Stefan, yeah. It's, I, can't, but, yeah. Stephane, I, can, I can never pronounce his last name. And, and I, I, I don't want to the he prefers the alias the ref. You're better off just doing that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and you guys, and you guys with the USFL podcast have done Springstock, which was local in Birmingham for the kickoff show. How was? I mean, okay. What's your experience been like? First of all, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just start talking and give you like to run before you talk, Kelsey. You got to reel this in one at a time, it's, sir. One at a time. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. It's, it's so cool to me. The, like there's everything you guys have been able to do with the NAL and now the USFL, but. What has been the reception you've gotten from just the fans and even the people that you've talked to inside the USFL with what you guys have done so far on the USFL podcast? Well, I, I'll tell you, Springstock kind of revealed, I think, what people have been viewing us as. You know, we, we do have we do have people in the league that we are able to talk to on regular ba- on a regular basis, and they've they've been nothing but praise. They enjoy that. You know, it's someone else outside the league league's realms that are you know supporting this. You know, that's the that's the deal. Is you know. The USFL is, I love it, but you know, it's very much more bare bones. There's not as many things that are going outside the box. A lot of Fox entities they're borrowing. Um, really, besides RJ Young, you know, in terms of Fox, there's not really anything Fox wise that they're like exclusive USFL content, you know. So for us to be on the forefront of just kind of being like, look, we're going to follow this league. We like what they're doing. We like, you know, the idea behind it, the product of it. Um, that's been rewarding. And Fox, at least the people over there with USFL that go through Fox, they've been responding to us. I, I remember Springstock in particular was great. Um, one of the one of the guy one of the execs for Fox, uh, Robert Gottlieb, actually, I I met him while we were setting up for our show at Springstock, and you know, same deal. He had a lot of praise for us. He was very happy with what we're doing. You know, just told us to keep up the good work and things like that. And we're able to keep connections through him. Um, Obviously, uh, their media personnel, uh, Darren James, I got to shout out him. He's been great. Um, beyond that, uh, just experiences through that through that event, um, adding on to it. You talk about the draft, for example, that draft night stream. Um, one of the first things I, I'll remember from Springstock, I, we're setting up the live stream. I go in. Um, it's uh, we're it's a. Uh, the, it's the pub that we're v- visiting at. And sure mm-hmm. enough, it's where most of the players and there's even some coaches and their families in there. And I'm walking by a table and a woman stops me. She's like, it's like, Hey, I just want to tell you, you know, you know, I was looking for the draft. Uh, and she had to stop again. She's like, I'm, um, I'm Jennifer Holtz. I'm Skip Holtz's uh, wife. And I just want to tell you that, you know, we were looking for anything for the lead to cover. You guys were the first place you went. We thought you were extremely professional. Um, you think did a great job covering the schools for these guys, giving them individual, you know, at least per, at least individual praises and, you know, give them backgrounds just like a draft should be. Uh, and she, of course, introduces uh, his son, Trey, who's right there. Of course, he's one of the he's helping assist his father right now mm-hmm. for the Stallions. And I'm just sitting here. I'm trying my best not to look like I'm like in like, having a fish face where I'm just like glass eyed and like trying to process what's happening right now. 
you know, and that I think that's where it's like, you know, people are paying attention. You know, you see yeah. people like that. They're saying they're tuning in. That's where you go. Like, you know, you're paying attention. People are caring about what you say. And it's also the fans, too. Like, I, I had a, a good gentleman. His name's AJ. Um, he was like, hey, you want to give me a, you want to do a chat? Want me to chat me on the phone about this league? And I'm like, I try and keep it personal. I like to talk to people. So I gave him, I gave him a number. I had a chat with him about the league this week. You know, I feel like reaching out like that, people like that stuff. And so, you know, I thought I had a very pleasant conversation with him about that. And it's, cool. All these things make it such a fun time to talk about this league right now. I can't stress enough. I, it's hard for me to process all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been exciting. And it's not just that. I mean, obviously you also, not just talking to just fans. I mean, you've also been talking to certain ESPN outlet, like, I believe ESPN Birmingham, as uh, you've been talking to them about USFL yeah. almost every week, I believe. Yeah, well, 97.7, the fan, that is uh, Huntsville. But uh, but tr- but uh, I was say, Ray, I say Tom Abraham, I need to – because he was at Springstock too. Um, he's an excellent radio personality. But I think those opportunities to get on the airwaves, again, that's another thing. I don't imagine myself as – I still think of myself you know, right now, and I don't want to pump myself up. I'm very I'm very hush-hush on my own things. He's humble. Um, he's, a, he's a humble person, ladies and gentlemen. I find myself as a normal guy that just loves the sport. And so, you know, when you get someone that is a bigger personality in that market and he's like, hey, you want to come on your radio on the radio station and, like, tell me about what you know? I'm thinking, oh, my God. Uh, wow, I'm, I'm like one of the – I'm like one – I'm considered like an insider to this dude or someone that can give background on the radio. It's crazy. Tom's a great person. Uh, he loves football. He loves the sport. He just he's excited to see where spring football can go. I mean, he he helped be the voice of the uh, Birmingham Iron when they were in the Alliance American mm-hmm. Football. You know, he was their play by play guy. So he believes in the product that comes around, uh, and I think that's why he also supported and just give me that chance. It's just it's nuts. He's a great dude though. If you ever get to talk to him, um, big fisherman down there as well. Loves his fishing. Um, but very much loves his football too. Yeah, no, so it's funny because uh, you know, growing up in Al- or living in Alabama, doing radio stuff that I did, and uh, you know, he was always one of those guys that was listed as one of the top sports shows. So I, I always, I, I just wanted to like what you've been able to do is is obviously fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just like I, I, I can't get over it, DJ. I mean, you obviously have more to ask because this is this has been fascinating to watch, Zach, because we've been in the grind of it back in unhinged and mm-hmm. to see the growth from that to this is, is fantastic for us to watch as well. And it's, it, you know, but DJ, I'm sorry. I've cut you off a couple of times. It's all good. This one's a, kind of a simple question. You probably won't tell me too much about it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I'm just kind of curious. You mentioned the fans, the reception has been great. Just talking to everybody. Everyone's so great to work with. You mentioned most people, the US, USFL have been great to work with. How about like coaches and players when you try to talk to them? Because you know, there's kind of the stigma, especially around like, larger professional like bigger sports as well too are the players and everyone just hates talking to anybody they hate media relations all that sort of thing but since you're also not the traditional outlet as you're a podcast as well to the new podcast for them doing a lot of their coverage how has the reception been with the coaches and the players towards you has it been a little more friendly as ever you had a little bit of maybe not butting heads but a little bit of stern eyes and like rolling your eyes and that sort of thing yeah i mean i i'll be frank with you i'm still trying to get down some elements of covering the league that are like that. Uh, for example, I, I have access to going to post-game press conferences. And I love that I'm able to do that. It's just that personal life also, I mean, you know, I, I still have to balance that. Um, so for me, a lot of times I've been jumping on that. And I also still not used to like, 
I haven't asked actually a question those yet because I get cold feet. Like, do you think you'd be comfortable ta- asking Jeff Fisher about messing up a uh, like back in week week four? He he had 25 seconds on the clock with two timeouts, and he doesn't he doesn't go for the touchdown. He instead tries to kick a 20 something yard field goal, and of course they miss it. And I'm thinking. Man, imagine me being the guy that were to go in there and ask. And I, I was in that press conference, but I didn't have the guts to do that. Do that. You know, it's just, I mean, he's in the NFL. And so to me, I'm just like a little dumbfounded by that. Um, but I mean, that's what's nice. Like, you know, they want media access. And it's been, if you are giving them coverage and they enjoy you and you are playing by, and you're playing by their rules, of course, too, you know, you, you have to take the balances. They've been great, you know. And I think that, that that coverage has been nice. Now, um, in terms of, like, access to players, getting them interviews on the show, still working on that. Players, otherwise, I mean, those have been a lot more open. I'll, I'll admit that, you know. Um, I've had great conversations with the likes of, like, say, Juwan Washington, Terry Myrick, who's linebacker for the Michigan Panthers. I actually ran into his dad at the week one for the contest, and he gave me his number right away. Uh, had a great conversation with Terry. Um, can't appreciate that enough. And I, I mean, I got a list of them too that I want to go and discuss with. It's a, uh, right now it's a lot of balance. Cause the thing is with this an arena in season, I'm almost like trying to find the best times to then fit in an extra bit. And the player interviews, I want to do more of those. I have people I want to talk to. I mean, trust me, Reggie Northrup with his MMA background. I mean, just that alone would be such an intriguing conversation. Uh, Boogie Roberts, I'm still working on them. But if you get a hold of these guys, they want to hear the coverage. They want to have the access. You know, they like the shows. They like being talked about. And they like they like getting a spotlight. You know, I mean, the, the, a lot of things is these are underdog players that want to keep having their chance to maybe get back to the next level or at least continue their career. So getting an outlet to talk that way, I, I they're very most of them are very receptive to it. Absolutely. And if, by the way, if Jeff Fisher ever tries to give you any back sass, all you have to do is kind of hold up a sign that says eight and eight at him as well, too. And you'll win. The argument. <laughs> so I believe his son is also one of his assistants. Is he not? I off the top of my head, I can't say. And it's it's been a minute because they don't actively put the assistants or anything on Fox Sports. So okay. I have to go back and find the post and get that all set up. Um, I'll say if, if anything, you just just take a just take a. Uh, uh, hair, uh, hair clippers to 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 his son and just hand it over to him He'll, to cut off that mullet. I, I mean, oh like, my god! He he. By the way, his son went to Auburn and and that was one of the big sticks. He had to cut off his mullet one year to to separate himself as as a freshman. So uh, that's nice. that's why I mentioned that. So you know, it'll be a good good little kick in the pants. <laughs> but no, I like, I'll be frank. I, I don't even think they're going to finish five hundred anyway. So like his his old stick might be broken. I I think they. And right now they're trying to be like bottom, right? They're currently bottom barrel. They're going to probably right now trend to be bottom barrel in the USFL. If I'm being honest, that's just where they are right now. This is very, very top heavy and they can't get out of their own way. Just yeah. saying. Well, mm-hmm. that's actually a perfect segue. Cause we're going to take us, it take us from the tip off into the main event presented by in the clutch.com. If you guys haven't checked out in the clutch apparel yet, go do so in the clutch.com. You can use the code high low to get 10% off of your order there. And by the way, Lots of stuff there uh, available. They have a bunch of throwback t- T-shirts. I know you're wearing your New Jersey General stuff. They do have some yep. older throwback USFL stuff. They have some other uh, alternate football leagues as well. So definitely check that out, guys, uh, if you get the opportunity. The link is in the bio on YouTube. If you guys are on, on YouTube, you can just click the link right there. And actually, if you click that link, you don't even have to type in Hilo. It'll just give you the 10% off. So works both nice. ways. Simplicity yeah, nice. at its finest. 
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exactly. But, Zach, that's you, you kind of alluded to it, all right? Um, you know, when you, you talk about this, the current league. The state of the league today. You talked about Jeff Fisher, the Michigan Panthers, one of the uh, what is supposed to be the cornerstone franchises, kind of sucking it up right now is the best way to put it. it. In a lot of ways, they just made a big move. There's been a big move, a couple big moves today. And yeah. I mean, what's first of all, what's your take on just the state of the league as you've seen it and in, in your experience so far since it's coming to fruition? Like it, we've seen a lot of sp- spring leagues recently, but this it, this one in particular does it feel different to you? Because it kind of feels a little different to me. Well, right off the bat, it is different. I mean, the hub concept, being in Birmingham, only having one true home team, that alone has been a completely unique experience as well as a kind of feel that we haven't seen with these other ones. Uh, People are adjusting to not having fans in the stands for all of them. You know, we've noticed if you're not as – if Stallions aren't playing, the crowds are sparse. That's just the truth of it. Fox knows that. They've acknowledged that in recent weeks in in various mediums, actually. Daryl Moose Johnston's done that himself publicly. So they know. And I think that's been something a lot of people are missing some of the localized feel of these teams. Uh, that's something that's with the XFL, with the AAF, you know, teams are in local markets. You get more local advertising. You get to go to more events that are in your area. So I think that part of the state of the league, at least part of – that understanding that, hey, we have to be patient with that. I think that to me as and to many others has been a process, but it's coming around. You know, the thing is, fans in the stands or the like, that's nice and fancy, and I want to get to that at some point. But what do people complain the most about? It's always about the quality of the football. Is the football good? Is the football watchable? Is it something I want to tune in every week and know I'm going to get my time's worth if I'm watching on Fox or if I have to go find a cable network or if I have to go buy five months or $5 a month to go do a Peacock exclusive game. And the definitive answer is yes. It, it simply has been. Uh, the majority of games have been one possession games, which means in the USFL, anywhere from one to nine point differential at the end. Because remember, you can do three point scores if you get that touchdown. That is the thing that, the, that they bought, brought up from the XFL. But it's been close competition. So it's been good quality. The product's there. They did it with a month of training camp, which is insane to think about. And, I mean, they've been able to get you to watch some fun football. And the ratings, for the most part, have held up. Um, If I'm comparing them to other leagues like the XFL and the AAF, sure. Um, It's a slight downturn. However, they're still hitting million viewership games. They're still competing, as they've said, with sports of that category in the spring. Something Fox has stressed is that, They're looking at other sports like Premier League, MLS, F1, even MLB games. They're looking at these sports and going, if we can keep up and compete with those guys, we're going to be able to make something if we just stay consistent. That alone has to be be glad to see that they're able to keep numbers that are similar to those sports. So that's another good sign. Uh, As we saw last week, they hit a one point, roughly 1.2 million with the Stallions. Stallions games have been packed up. So testing the local markets. If that's a good sign for the other seven teams, you got to be happy about that. 
You know, it's a lot of future discussion with this. That's a lot of things. Like the league right now, good football, but there's a lot of things. It's like, well, what about the future? Like, what about waiting for that? You know, we're getting to see it. And I think what's nice with the state of the league is I, this is the most confident I've been since I have gotten into spring football that this version of an outdoor league is going to get to a season two and we'll get an off season. We'll get a second draft. We'll get more evaluation and more news about the future. Something that I wasn't as confident for different reasons. Of course, I have to, every time I bring up, of course, the other leagues, I have to bring up the XFL. COVID-19 did happen. It shut down the league. They had to make pivots. Vince McMahon had to save his other baby WWE. So yes, but we get to talk seriously, it seems, unless I, unless the sky falls down on these ratings or something, year two is going to be happening, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get more football. We're going to see teams gel more. I think that, that you have to take home with you. And the playoffs are setting up to be pretty spectacular, too. The Generals and Stallions, I mean, if we get a rematch of week one, which came down to a final seconds touchdown for Jamar, for Jamar Smith, playoffs will be great. And it's in your backyard, kind of in yeah. my backyard, too, really. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun right there. And and you actually mentioned the future. Obviously, uh, one of the news articles recently coming out is uh, Lachlan Murdoch, one of the, the heads of the CEO of this whole the whole thing, is talking about moving forward for with Fox that in two to three years, they're already planning on selling the teams to local investors to actually get them sta- stationary yeah. in, in markets, which is huge. I mean, that's obviously something when it, they can take it from a single entity like I look at the UFC the way UFC has always been with their athletes. They kind of keep them under the UFC umbrella, take them from that, and then be able to actually like bring in outside investors to invest in the local city. So you obviously have your Michigan Panthers, you have your New Jersey Generals, you know Pittsburgh. You have more rumored to be adding in as well. And then uh, that's I feel like that's a huge huge step going forward for the teams if they can get those those plans solidified. Obviously, we're talking next year being in their own markets as well. That's going to be a right. huge asset as well. So it's it, it's it is interesting to see because this is the most I've heard of future conversation for a spring league lately. Yeah, I mean, this is all that they've been ever since week two. You you've heard the likes of folks like Mike Mulvihill, uh, even now Lachlan Murdoch, like you saw with the Axios interview that you're referencing. It's a lot of patience and kind of the long game. They keep stressing it. This is a long game. We trust this product. We want to see it down the line. This isn't about you know, coming out of the gate and instantly making success. They know that that's not how this works. You have to build an audience. You have to build some core and then start showing that it is worth the product for people to tune in outside of that. So they realize this year it's about building that core audience, building that core viewership, proving that they'll, as Moose Johnson said, proving they'll be around again. You know, that it's not a flash in the pan. That's something else you got to keep in mind with these leagues. You know, whether it has been financially driven or, you know, other things out of your control, you know, the public eye on these leagues is they're going to be done. Like a year, they're out, flash the pan. You got to prove you're around, man. Like you, like sure, local markets, like the Stallions, like they'll, they'll buy in. Birmingham has been wanting to have a team that they can have as professionally call their home for a while. And I'm like, the two weeks have been down there. They like that team. They like the personalities on that team. And Bo Scarborough coming around, that just adds more. You know, that, yeah. that, that was such a smart signing for Skip Holtz, not only to reinforce that roster, but just the, the local draw and the social media draw he's been getting from just his name alone have been great in terms of that squad in particular. So, you know, they want to build something at last. That's the main thing. It's not a flash in the pan. They want it years down the road. So that's why they keep stressing it, you know, and they keep showing it too. It's experimenting as well. Broadcast schedules, 
you might notice on the website, they don't put the whole schedule on there. They do two weeks out. They give you the schedule, and then they do it again a week later because they want to test what positions on that broadcast schedule, what networks work best, what time slots. It's all about digging into the data. Now, we don't have all of that. The TV networks get most of it. I wish we had the local data like the cities because early in the season, Michigan was pulling in like a 4.0 locally in their first week. That's a market, even though they're one in five, that's a football market. You know, there's rumors that they might be in Ford Field next year, you know, that I've been understanding. So things are being talked about, you know, and hell, it's going to get talked about more. Um, Chris Atkins, I believe his name was, who used to run the Metrodome back in mm-hmm. for the Falcons. Uh, he's been saying that that talk, that conversation, that's going to get picked up here in the next few weeks. And going into the championship, going into the playoffs, there hopefully more things will start getting revealed as to what season two will even look like. So it's a lot of future things. It's slow growth. They want to prove that they're not going away. That's the biggest thing that they're worried about right now. I feel like that's the biggest thing I've seen with this league. Compared to the other spring leagues, the other spring leagues are like, guys, football spring, come watch. Where USFL is like, come on down. We'll be here for a minute. Like, it's a slow ride, take it easy type of thing as well. So they're not trying to just make it, force you in there as well. And they've done a really good job with the games, as you mentioned. Now we've gotten a lot of in the state of the league now, but there's a reason you're here. And we got a lot yes. to talk about with this season as well, too. There's a lot going on right now throughout the USFL. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to start with is you mentioned the Birmingham Stallions, the lone home team undefeated as well too sitting in a whopping six and oh break it down for me how have they been able to just basically run through the competition so far and sit at the top of the league simply put it dominating defense uh second half mentality and it's kind of just been a mixed bag at who's the guy behind center uh i mean they started off the year pretty pretty hot right out of the gate with their first drive i mean alex magoo delivering a dime to osiris mitchell on that first possession but Ever since Magoo went down with a nagging ankle injury in that first game against the Generals, Jamar Smith has been the popular choice for them in terms of fan response. He's had some solid games. Week one, he did great, by the way. Hell, two weeks ago, he did great as well against the Stars. Um, it's just that Skip Holtz, we I've noticed lately, some have noticed lately, he kind of he wants things to run smoothly. And sometimes Jamar doesn't always do it, so he switches to Alex. Alex doesn't do it, he switches to Jamar. It's a very hot potato offense. But it gets the job done. And as of late, it has a good running game they have behind. If you've noticed, last two weeks, they're using T formation. They have successfully been using T formation to win games. How crazy is that? It's, it's very out of the box. Like, Skip Holtz is having fun with this, you can tell. Um, but really, it's just whatever. He's really been doing a great job mainly just diagnosing what his opponents are not focusing on, what their weaknesses are. Um, but they are just loaded at talent to give you a simplicity of it. Defensively, if you want me to talk on just that length, Scooby Wright, you know, when he's healthy, obviously has been dominating. Shark Dog himself has been all over the place. He, I mean, to some people, it's like, dude, why is this guy not in the NFL already? Is what we've been asking. He was legend at Arizona anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. people have been wondering that same thing. And the fact that he almost retired was going to be a fireman, and they said, go play. And here he is being a star in this league. He's got his name. He's got his freaking uh, persona on a T-shirt already. Two of them. Uh, yeah. Dude's been kicking it. Just last two weeks, he's been injured. You know, JoJo Tillery, Demarcus Gates. You know, these are impact players that the Stallions have been using to a good effect. That they've just been shutting people down. They're a second half team. Skip Bolts must have the best halftime speeches in the USFL because their his teams come out every week. They'll start slow. They'll get behind, and then they'll just beat you to the punch in the third quarter and finish it off. It's just shut out football second half. Something about that whole family line, I think. 
I'm sorry. I think that Kelsey <laughs> with Colts right now is 0-2. Two quarterback system, T formation. This is like the Kelsey coin Met football handbook here. I, you've been saying two quarterback system for the last 10 years now. I haven't. I didn't know. The T formation, by the way, they showed a, they showed a flashback of the, the original USFL and the mm-hmm. Birmingham Stallions, and they were running the T formation. And, and it's the same picture. It's exactly right from behind as well. You see the exact same lineup. It is fascinating to see the T formation come into the game today. I know. Uh, way, flashing way back to our first ever interview on the show with with uh, uh, my cousin Brendan McFadden, that was one of the mm. things he talked about. He's like, "Yeah, you know, if I could run the T formation, I'd throw I'd throw it out there too. See what happens." Oh man! Well, Skip Holtz heard you. He throwed it out in the pro pro level at this point in time. Right. Well, for me, I love it because being a Bears fan, you know, the team that kind of pushed the T formation in the pros. I mean, it's just, it's awesome to see that. I mean, the freaking T formations in the fight song were crying out loud. I just, I love, it's kind of weird to see such an old system being used, you know, but it's successful. That's the thing. They have beefy running backs where they can do it properly. And plus when you have someone like, say they, like last game against the Panthers, they switched Magoo in, they needed a change of pace and Skip was upset with Jamar. So they put him in, but he's a running quarterback first. He's better on the run. He's better with the RPO. So you put someone like him, Bo Scarborough, Tony Brooks, James, who's from Oregon. Marable couldn't play, but like Marable's back there. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you could even modify the T formation where it's like some janky, unpredictable play action at that point with all the options you could go with running backs at that. I would do trick plays off that stuff. Not going to lie if I had a chance. No, you're exactly right. That's what makes it so much fun is, is we, you know, you, you sit there and you look at what, what type of things you can bring into a game and 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 this is something that I feel like the USFL has 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 done and and I'm going to kind of lead this into the the, the surprises because this, I mean let's be honest Birmingham being undefeated right now probably one of the bigger surprises considering they didn't have the number one pick they didn't have the number two pick they didn't have a number three pick you know those guys you get Jordan Tiamu Shea Patterson I don't even remember who the number three pick was um to to, to even come up with that but Shea Patterson no longer with Michigan Jordan Tiamu kind of kind of just keeping Tampa Bay alive right now but not really succeeding the way you thought he would not definitely not play, playing like he did for the battle Hawks um, mm-hmm. in the XFL. So, but you know, you look at the, the stallions team just kind of leading the way. And then on the flip side, there's been negatives all around. So Zach, what are your biggest surprises? I guess so far of this season uh, surprises for me in terms of gameplay, it's been even more to an extent of spring football, just how much it's been run leaning. Uh, I think that's what I think to me, that's what's come and surprised me. You know, there's there. I know that quarterback play is not a dime a dozen. It is very much an art. The best of the best play the position for a reason. But, you know, we saw with the XFL, we saw with the AAF, like there's guys that stand out and they, you know, there were one or two, maybe three guys that would have consistent top level that you could go to this one. I mean, Kyle Slaughter has been out of the gate, the yards leader, but that doesn't mean he's been, like the overall best quarterback. It's been a lot of run first, we'll figure out the passing second. And you could probably you could possibly attribute that to the short training camp. That might be the only, the main negative from the training camp is that, you know, you can't you have less time to get those attachments with your receivers down, less time to get the timings right, less time to get things in your offense corrected. And so that part has been shocking to me is, you know, we've seen guys like running back stars, like, for example, Darius Victor, Trey Williams over there with the Generals. They've been studs over there. Mark Thompson over with the Gamblers. I mean, dude looks like Leonard Fournette in a way. He he runs like Leonard Fournette in the best in the best way, of course. Possibly better hands, I would think. But Leonard Fournette's been making a case for good hands even the last two seasons. So what do I know? Uh, Tuddy, I mean, Tuddy Lenny. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the run, the running game stars here have been great. It, it's nice to see that that's changing. Last few weeks, there's been getting more pass heavy offices. We saw Jordan Tom, who he threw for 333 yards and that lost the stars. So things are starting to click. Um, I think that stood out. Um, I also think some of the fan responses to me are what sh- surprised me. Some, some good, some good, some bad. Um, if we're t- focusing on just like the negative, um, I know that having no one in the stands is awkward for people. Like some people, they just, they want crowd noise. You know, they think people want a specific broadcast style. They're like, well, it's got to have A, B, C, and D. And the crowds, I cannot tell you how many times I have had to sift through crowd <laughs> tweets, crowd posts <laughs> about, man, these people in Birmingham, they just aren't coming out to these games. Why aren't they going out here? And I'm sitting here and, and all I think is like, well, come on. I mean, you you expect them to come out to, you know, games that aren't their local team, which funny Fox actually thought that was the case. No joke. They said they thought some, some teams would have citizens from Birmingham that would have two teams that they would come out for. Hasn't been the case. That has been surprising. Mostly the rhetoric around that. Um, and I think at least for who is coming out on top right now, I knew the generals, I had them as my, one of my preseason favorites to run the North that's come to fruition. I didn't have the Stallions there, though. Uh, that that one, I agree with you guys. Birmingham's come out and surprised. Uh, I think a lot of the moves that Skip Holtz did defensively um, and some of the offensive weapons that I didn't look too far into, like Marlon Williams, you know, UCF product himself. He's been a stud. Victor Bolden, all-purpose yards leader in the league. He's been a stud when he is, you know, not catching straight directly with his chest all the time. Uh, Osiris <laughs> Mitchell, when he's when Jamar Smith's in, Osiris Mitchell is much, much better and he's a very lengthy, productive receiver. When Alex Magoo's in, he disappears from the face of the earth. You know, they have the weapons there. But I think that's another one. Birmingham being the top team. You know, we couldn't have fully predicted that. That's almost like it's almost like perfectly lining up for what the league wanted to do. We get the crowds for the local teams, and we get to have good football. It all comes together very nicely. Um I think as well, I guess the ratings, um, good and bad. Uh in terms of like weeks one through four, sure, it isn't hitting like the XFL 2.0. But what's nice is weeks one through four, we saw games that increased in viewership. I thought that was crazy. Um, they were small spikes, 10, 12% for some, but they got consistently a million views. So per se, uh, last two weeks have been down. Nonetheless, though, it's still pretty good stuff. Like it's hitting where they want. I think the rhetoric has surprised me because everyone, you know, with the XFL and the AAF, it was all about like, you got to hit these numbers. It's not comparing to other sports. We want to be definitively just football numbers. We have to hit millions. We got to get this crowd. The USFL, like Fox's rhetoric surprised me too. I, I think that one, the patience thing, the whole we're taking a step back, we're being slow about it. That also, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't know what to think of that, you know, because it's also television probably. You got to think of it too like this. Fox owns it. It's a TV company. It's about seasons not only in playing, but also on television are your ratings good enough too? So the fact that they're pet, the fact that they're calm about that as a TV company looking for like ratings and viewership, that shocked me in its own right. Yeah, no, for sure. Upward trajectory with that as well too. I'm going to cut you off real quick else. Cause I have one quick question real quick to go on to the surprise and stuff. I'm, I'm a gambling guy. So I got to ask you about the gamblers as well too. I like yeah. myself that's, and they have been gambling with my emotions. They are sitting at one in five right now. They're like 136 score to 142 given up. So in theory, you think not that bad, but you're tied for the worst team in the league compared to a team that's like the Maulers who've been doubled 
and you have the quarterback who leads the league in touchdown passes with Clayton Thorson at 10. What what are the gamblers trying to do to my heart right now? Like they're they're throwing me all over the place right now. You can ask my co-host because he asks the same thing every week. That is <laughs> that is his team. He lives near Houston. I actually funny he grew up near Detroit. So like even if you were to pick the man, the Panthers like I do, we're both suffering right now. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's suffering more, just like you. And, and and for the for Houston, I don't. Some of it's snake bitten. Some of it's just that it's been mismanagement in my eyes. Like their loss to the Maulers, I felt that that one was in the bag. I, I honestly, I think that they just didn't execute the game plan well enough. Pittsburgh was able to hang in there, and Vadley got comfortable at the right time when he switched in. You know, great game overall. But of course, it's a heartbreaker if you're a Houston fan. Um, last week, I mean, if you just look at the time of possession, second half, you look at the you look at the the possessions. Houston had one possession the second half, and that drive was a missed field goal. They had one. New Jersey had the ball for all 15 minutes of the third quarter, and the kicker is they that the Gamblers blocked a field goal. They got the recovery of that said block. They ran it back down to the 49 of their – well, their own 49, that is, and then they fumble it. Generals get it back, and they kill the rest of the quarter with the drive moving forward. So that's a snake-bitten thing. That's also a defensive problem. They're a bend, don't break defense. They have, I believe it's the best, if not one of the, the top four best turnover ratios in the USFL. Um, they have the sack leader in the USFL. They have one of the top tacklers in the USFL. They have the top TD thrower in terms of Clayton Thorson. I should have said quarterback because of that. I know it was weird. Um, no, Jar- Jarvis Landy throws enough touchdowns in the NFL. It's You have to actually specify sometimes touchdown thrower. I tried getting fancy there, if you could tell. I, I got a little too fancy. <laughs> but like even like going into that week, Mark Thompson, leading rusher in league. Statistically, you're like, why is this team one and five? Simple thing is they just – they can't fit. It's really just can't finish. You know, they have talents, but when it comes to crunch time, things just fall apart. I've also, my deduction too, I think Kevin Sumlin's a better scripted game plan coach than he is an off script guy. If you watch these halves, you watch what he does these first few drives, they're usually pretty crisp. Clayton Thorson's able to deliver a lot. Like that first half against the Generals, he was on fire. You know, he was doing good stuff. He only had four incompletions. Second half, that did come out of defense, but in previous games, script goes away. Things just kind of fall off the tracks. Then it comes down to the quarterback reading a lot more, trying to find that second or third read. You know, if a team catches on that your running game's going well and they start stuffing that, then they get forcing all out of whack. Things just kind of fall apart. So I think it also comes down to coaching that he just isn't able to adjust. I think Tim Lewis. He's got a defense that just that hasn't been able to come up with stops when it's crucial. I don't. I don't know the deal. I mean, like I said, they got stars all over the place. I really think – I told Stefan this before we ended our recording this week, and this is more for you, DJ, as a personal note. Mm-hmm. Out of all the teams that are having the bad luck, that are one and five down in the dumps, and in terms of next year, the gamblers you have to feel good about because if they get most of those talents, if they retain most of them, if not too many leave for the NFL, you know, you got to feel good. There's a good unit there. Clayton Thorson's getting better every week. That's something you got to take home with you. He's finding more receivers than just like an Isaiah Zuber or just a JoJo where he's not looking down one guy. You know, you have pieces. Just got to finish. Simple as that. And luckily with an offseason and another draft, that could change. That's the thing that's beautiful. We can start thinking of this as like an actual league. What does this team need for next year? And I can tell you what, what they probably need if I'm being being honest. I think, quite frankly, they use a little bit of secondary help. I know Will Likely is great, but I think he use a little more help back there. And I think they use a little more interior line help, too. You know, just get some more stuffers in, in there, honestly. Uh, otherwise, offensively, 
get the system a little more down, I think they're good there. Defensively, they just need to shore some things up. So that second half, it isn't that they're collapsing on themselves. Well, so hypothetically, if they just got a second half coach to call the plays and make their own script so that they could stay on schedule, can they make a run for Canton here in the back half of the season? <laughs> Dude, it's a stretch. Yeah, it's like they're... second half head coach and start calling the plays. This would like be Houston, the week we're on our way. <laughs> Dude, this would be the week to get going. And I'll tell you, their matchup this week, it's against the Philadelphia Stars. One thing that the Gamblers do really well, they have the sack leader in the USFL. They are excellent at getting QB pressures. You know who's one of the worst, if not the worst team in terms of line play, in terms of pass pro? Philadelphia, <laughs> who gives up usually an average of two sacks a game. This is the best chance you have to where you can get your second win because that defense can go and play, and there's just enough that is available outside. Don't throw to Imani Dennis. Throw it away from him when you're on offense. <laughs> Run the ball consistently with Mark Thompson. I think you get the W. I actually predict the Gamblers will win this week. Ooh, I like this. Okay. So but before I get into any more predictions, though, I, I do want to get your predictions for the second half of the season for coming up. Yeah. But first, there's one player I want to talk about, a guy who we saw really spring into into a stardom last year in the ELF in the European League, and that was the MVP, Madre London. Yes. Madre yes. London playing for playing for the Maulers now, and it's not been easy sledding nowadays. And he's, he's had some great runs, but it has not been easy, though. And what do you – like? Is it just Pittsburgh? Is it just really down to the Pittsburgh Maulers being not the not the best offensive line in the in the game right now? Because this is it's a struggle to watch him week in and week out. I root for him, but it's like I can't I can't. I, it's hard to watch when he's running the ball and it's he's just getting just waylaid. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it's really that you're stepping into a team that I think it's part coaching, part you know maybe not as part higher level talent. You know, you're like. All, all, no disrespect to all the ELF. There, it's been their year one was great. They're going to have a, they're going to have a geared up year two and getting more talent out there. But it is not the same talent level as what is American USFL players. So that probably is its own thing. But I think if you're looking at the Maulers at face value, at least for Madre's sake, um, part of it I think just comes down to how the game plan goes every week. Kirby Wilson, I think, gets so razor focused at trying to do something that he just doesn't look to make a variety of play calls. Like, if he wants to do the run, he's going to run it on you. And he'll be like, I'm going to keep running until they beat me. Except the problem is he thinks beat me is, oh, they they stopped me on third down. When in reality, it should be maybe like you get into third down and then you start, you know, actually calling a different play or something. Maybe even second down. Or maybe like you have a drive or a down set of downs before where it got a little slow going. Part of his issue and part of what – the Maulers do poorly is that they do not know how to diversify their offensive play calling. And it burns them every week, almost every week, second half, the last two weeks, they've been on fire. They figure it out. We need to do quick passes, quick draw plays. It gets the defense off balance. They do the best when they are moving the ball and getting up to the line quick. So for Madre's sake, I hope that they do more of that or they do I formation and they give them some lanes. That's the other thing they've done somewhat well, but you can't do too much of it. That's the problem with Kirby does. He'll do I form. And he'll stick with I-form for like three plays or single back. And then you go, why are you running single back on third and six, my guy? <laughs> what, what, is, what is this choice? You, you could have ran a play action out of this. I would have been okay with the play action. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because he was one of the coaches too. I think a lot of people were like curious about, you know, I think it's safe yeah. to say whether how he would perform at this stage. And it's it's obvious maybe this is a little too quick for him. He's Maybe he's just not fully comfortable um, in, in this role, but – 
I, I mean, you got you to give them some credit. It's not like they're the worst team in the league. So, no. I mean, yeah, look, they're, they're fighting. They're fighting to, at this point, it's really fighting to see who gets that number one overall pick for next year. I think that's what, what's, what we're finding out. I, and, you know, they do have one more matchup with the uh, Panthers. So, you know, they can at least try that again. Um, I think their team's better than they were to start the year. They figured some things out. Badly, I think, is their definitive number one. You know, it's just like last week, for example, they still haven't gotten some – they even haven't gotten stuff down for timing. Like one of the, the pick six Ike Brown had for the Breakers last week, that was an issue where Bailey Gaithers and Fad Lee weren't on the same page. That game flipped on a script because they just didn't know what they were, were trying to do with each other. So you have that stuff. You're trying to fix a roster midseason – and you're finally getting the gears turning, I mean, hey, it, it just kind of becomes a mesh of like, we'll take what we can get that works at this point. Um, I think one thing they figured out, you know, I like Groshek, but I think London is their better back, more versatile. He can catch out of the back of the get him more passing downs. I don't really see them throwing to their running backs often at all, besides screenplays, which you do too many screenplays, people catch on to those screenplays. Again, Kirby Wilson's offense, baby. It's just, I think this will work a consistent amount of times. I'm going to do it this whole drive. Yeah. And I just pull my hair out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's the thing. But all right. So we talked about, you talked, you talked, you gave us a little prediction of, of what you're thinking this week, but let's go long-term. Obviously you talked about playoffs in Canton championship in Canton, Ohio. Yep. Did you go ahead and lay, lay it out for me? Who do you think is going to end up it playing in Canton? First of all, for in the, in the playoffs in general. And then who do you think you might even be, be walking away at the end of the day man um right now i've gotten canton for the north division it's going to be new jersey and i think philadelphia i think last week they solidified that they're going to finally pull away from the bottom crop with michigan and pittsburgh and also you know there's rumors that is but it's probably more likely that they kept around because brian scott he was on fire to start the year he got he got knocked out with a lower leg injury uh he was never removed from the roster so He's supposed to – his timeline was just going to be back later in the year. Should be any week now, based on my own estimates, that he'll be back in. Case Cook has done a solid job, but Brian will take him to another level just for his style plays, more mobility. Um, I think that that'll help. But Stars will be in. You'll have the Generals in. And then the South Division, as much as I would love to see Tampa Bay in, because I like Ta'amu, you know, I'd love to – I mean, Todd Haley, I know he wasn't uh, – didn't have a great stint in Cleveland, but some Cleveland fans have been like, oh, cool. Uh, he won't make it. I, I think you're going to see Larry Fedora lock up that second seed. Um, they have they have a lot of a plethora of talent. The thing is with the Breakers, Kyle Slower has been dealing with a ma- nasty groin injury for the majority of the year. It's limited to their RPO offense a lot. Slaughter's very mobile when he's healthy, but it's had they've had to kind of alter how they run things because they can't use him as a runner anymore right now. So I think they are good enough defensively, and they have good running backs with like Anthony Jones and uh, TJ Ellis, that they'll be able to do what they want. So they're going to get in the second seed. Stallions will finish. I don't know if they'll finish undefeated, but they will be the number one in the South for sure. Out of that, I got a week one rematch going into the championship. I think it's General Stallions. Um, and, if, and if we saw we saw week one for how amazing that game was to kick things off, boy, do I want that as fireworks when I'm sitting in Canton, Ohio, because – those two have really Mike Riley and Skip Holtz. Their their rosters have been stacked, and I just want to see Mike Riley back in. He's been a solid spring football contributor as a coach 
with the Commanders. He's with he's with Seattle Dragons. He gets another team. I love how calm of a demeanor he is, how he coaches his players. You know, he's like one of my favorite personalities in the league. I would love to see him get there. And I think he's got a good enough roster between two starting caliber quarterbacks to where yeah. he can get there too. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you had Shea Patterson in there. Now you're you, you feel pretty good about the Generals' opportunity to get there from the quarterback standpoint. Well, you, uh, you like right. the Patterson's on the Breakers. Remember that now. Oh yeah, no, that's right. My bad. Yeah, Patterson was the Breakers, and it's Lalata went to. There you go. There you Jersey. go. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's sorry. It, it throws me out every. I, they they posted them in the same image, and I gave them. I got a bad. Yeah, if I, I mean, if I had to complain with the league, like some of the social elements, just going to lay that out there. Hopefully, next year that gets better because it's very uh, to some people's terminology. It's somewhat corporate-y because they do a lot of similar posts between all eight teams in the head in the head team account, but we'll figure it out. That's here. one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's you can one. tell which ones are like copy paste or someone just went to the other account and went type to type post switch type to type post switch type to post switch. <laughs> you know, we have multiple Twitter accounts we handle. Yeah. This is a normal thing for. for I, I may or may, may not do it in my own regular everyday life. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I personally, after all that, everything you said makes sense, and I bet with it, but I still want to see the Stars get in there. I want to see them find a way because their quarterback, Case Cookies, is the only quarterback I've ever seen get ejected for a targeting call when he was in college. So <laughs> right. I just want to see that guys. Yes. I just want to see that happen now. So he has earned it. He has paid for it in yellow flags and tears at this point, too. Let, let, him, get, let him get to Kansas. Dude's been a tough dude. He's taken some hard hits last few weeks while being back there. And, you know, I think, like, if we're looking at these matchups, like, even if I have the prediction as week one rematch, like, New Orleans, to me, it just comes down to, like, is Kyle Sloter more mobile or not? You know, did they learn from some of the mistakes of uh, forcing the issue at sometimes against the, against the Stallions when they played on that massive late-night contest earlier in the year? Um, and for the Stars, their health's been all, all over the place. Last week, Matt Colburn, he's this is the healthiest he's been since the beginning of the year. He tore apart Tampa Bay. 120 plus yards, three touchdowns. They have their whole running backs, most of their running backs healthy now. Uh, defensively, they have some weapons. They just got to protect the quarterback. Simple as that. You know, they just can't let Brian Scott or Cookus or whoever the hell's back there keep taking hits like that. They give up so many sacks, but there they are in the thick of it, three and three this week. Yeah, you mentioned Brian Scott. It's worth mentioning TSL MVP. The mm-hmm. spring league oh, yeah. MVP when he was there. like, the, the guy has talent. So it's not like when we're talking, like he's going to come back in. It's not like we're talking, like he's going to come back in and they're going to get mildly better. Like the guy has a lot of talent. He was a, a big reason why they were really, you know, looking really good early on. And, and, and then he got injured. That, that fall was, it was a fall from grace. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. And he, like I said, I, I think that he, he coming back, I think that's going to be the biggest wild card as to what happens in the North. Cause you know, like I said, Case is great. Um, Brian Scott, I think, is a more mobile QB. Um, he's more explosive. I think he's a better gunslinger in a way. Cookus has had some nice throws, but I think that that offense goes up another level with some of those weapons. Ones that Scott recruited himself that he requested brought Andrews during the draft to bring in. I want to see him back on, especially since he was the passing leader early going. So. You know, he's been out for several weeks now and itching to get back. He's already had teasers that he's back in Birmingham already on his Instagram, from what I can tell. So the sooner the better. Get him in, get antiquated. And, hell, if they lock up the division, maybe they just wait on it. Like, say that the Generals and the Stars lock up the division by next week or week nine, which that's highly possible without the Norths going. They could just be resting people or going through emotions to let Brian get back healthy, you know. 
I mean, hell, the Stars and Generals play Week 10, but do they have to play for anything at that point? It's a good question to ask. Very good question to ask. One last prediction from me. We'd be remiss if we don't ask. Who do you think is going to be the MVP by the end of the season? If you had to pick one, who's going to be the USF, the inaugural USFL MVP? USFL MVP. If I had to pick one. Regular man, season. You know, regular season only. You know, I think if I were to go with a MVP, it's not going to be a quarterback. I just don't think there's been enough consistent QB ooh, play to ooh. justify it. Um, <laughs> I, I actually think it's going to be DeMarcus Gase from the Stallions. I think overall – He's been such an impact, not only in getting QB pressures, getting interceptions, getting turnovers. He's been his own force on that defense. I think you're going to see a defensive MVP. If I had to pick one right now, he would be my guy. I love it. I love it. That'd be a that'd be a great way to kick off the season. Kick kick off the USFL with the defensive MVP. I love it. Right back to the core of football and defense. So. You oh, have my vote. You have my stamp of approval. Hopefully, they give you the vote. <laughs> Absolutely. But that'll so. take us in. That'll take us into crunch time, everybody. If you haven't checked out Swift Lifestyles, head on over swiftlifestyles.com. Use the code Hilo Sports at checkout for fifteen percent off your order. Really fantastic stuff. Go check it out and see what you can get there. And, and we're that much closer to getting our own flavor of uh, Swift Lifestyles, the Hilo Sports flavor. So that's uh, coming up soon, that. hopefully. Yeah. I'm buying but, that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Zach, this is your opportunity. Obviously, you covered the USFL about as close as anybody else I know. Which leads to you obviously have a lot of things that maybe you you can see that like all right, well that's I get I get it. But what is that one thing that you just you got to get it off your chest? Got to get it off my chest. Um, look, I get it off my chest. The uh, the whole divide, like the whole. I got to pick one league my way or the highway. And I'm talking like between the XFL and the USFL. I, I despise that, that nature. It should be about football first. It should be about guys getting opportunities. It should be about the fact that you get extra football in general. But as, the, as, is, the belly, as is the belly of the beast, as is, is the way, people got to pick a side. I wish we didn't have to. Quite frankly, I wish we could all just enjoy the football. I wish it wasn't about uh, – Saying that you know Dwayne Johnson's gonna be my guy to go to. I got I got Got to be the XFL, USFL, Fox. Ah, get it out of here. You know that's. But I like both these leagues. I just I just dislike how I've had I've had talks with folks or I've watched these people posting about it, and I go, yeah, I, I can't support it, man. I'm just, it's just you'll never match this. You know it'll never be that way. It has to be my way. You know what got me into alternative football in the first place? The NFL nature of folks saying it has to be this way can't be can't be football any other level. No, so I used to love this back in 2020 when the XFL was around. I I, I diverged to the XFL because I'm like I'm fighting for this. I'm fighting for spring football. The split on spring football it sucks. I hate it. I I want to put it out there that it's the worst thing that's happened to supporting these leagues because to me it's about the football first. Now it's about picking which one you want better. Which of course it was going to happen. I just despise it because I just care about the football. 
that's my personal opinion. And really, that's the main thing I got to get off my chest, honestly, because people, you know, I get tired of it. You know, some people say that they support both, and I see them talk behind their back about one. It's garbage. going to be frank with you. I'm not going to put names. I wouldn't do that. But I know who you are. <laughs> going to get myself some water after Zach just spit all that fire, right? There's Ooh. so much deserved fire, but I'm going to need to take it. My goodness, a fantastic way to it. That's the best cl- That's the best crunch time we've had in a long time. Exactly yeah, no, yeah. Like, Zach just made our, our, our future ads for forever, basically, with that <laughs> one. Uh, especially the ending right there. He knows who you are, ladies and gentlemen. He is Santa Claus when it comes to spring football. He will <laughs> deliver the coal, and it's not a coal you want. <laughs> but Zach, look, obviously, look, obviously we, we 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 obviously love having you on we obviously you know good friends off the air as well as on the air i mean we're still trying to convince you to to, to move up this way uh you know maybe maybe one day maybe we'll have a uh you know our own content creation house here um and then we'll get zach on regularly i doubt it but you know what dj's look right there was like house nah house <laughs> <laughs> but as they as they get as they get closer, you know, obviously to, to next season, we'll you know everybody in their own, in their own markets. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the USFL. But man, this has been a great show overall. I appreciate you coming oh, on, yeah. talking USFL, talking a little NAL as well, spring football. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought it was going to be the uh, the football is back commentary as well, but you kind of alluded to that as well. Uh, football. I thought that was going to be thing. to get football, off your chest. Football is never bad. Football is always around, man. Football seasons all year at this point, my friend. It is. Ne- it never left. You just got to look around for it. That's it. Absolutely. Well, Zach, you got about um, 30 seconds to go. Go ahead and tell the people where to find you all across the networks. I'm just going to list off my uh, the usernames here. At Zach Kyleman, if you want to follow me on any social there, Facebook, Facebook or Insta- Instagram, uh, Twitter, or sorry, Facebook and Twitter, really, Instagram. I don't really do a personal Instagram. Uh, USFL pod, USFL cast. For Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, be sure to follow those for the USFL podcast. Inside the Walls, follow us at, at InWallsPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow us on YouTube for those channels. Subscribe, click the bell, and as my co-host says, it builds morale. Trust me, you're going to feel good after you do that. Check us out, man. Plenty of podcasts. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. No, we, we, we love it as always. And uh, DJ, any final words? Not all. It's always a pleasure, Zach. Thank you so much for not only joining us, having some fun, but also enlightening us as well, too, on all things USFL as well, too. It was an absolute pleasure. And the gamblers are going to make that run. I'm, I'm betting on it now. So that, that'll do it for the High Low Sports Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.